Welcome to this week's Spin Foil Theory. We're about to take a dive into another mystery from the lore of Destiny the Game. Specifically, we'll be giving high-level scrutiny to popular, emerging, and outlying theories than judging them. If you have any questions or theories of your own, write to us at spinfoiltheory at gmail.com or visit us over at spinfoiltheory.com. And now, let's put on our spin foil hats and get a little crazy. Here comes this week's show. This is cool! This is cool. This is going to be fun. I'm going to edit this so much in post. Um, welcome to the Spinful Ill Theory Podcast, everyone. This is your host, Taylor B., with also host, Lady Lucita. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Pretty good. It's uh, it's summer. It's really hot. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so... I mean, it's it's like super hot. I mean, like, summer. In, in Seattle right now, we're slowly getting into another heat wave, so... Dude. Ew. Do you want to know? Do you want to know what the temperature was here? We don't have air conditioning here? here. We don't have air conditioning here, so do, I cry. Do you, yeah, I don't. I still feel like that was such a poor decision. Like, why would anyone? No one in hot places is like, you know what? Let's just build this house without any sort of heating element. It'll never get cold. Well, I mean, this like, I guess just... it's like an infrastructure thing. Like, it never like have getting into temperatures over a hundred. That's like a that's one crazy to me. That's that like never happens here. Like that's... ever. Like, I mean, I realize it's a thing. It's in like a very long, 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 long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. listeners, listeners, I'm not, I'm not shitting on them. It's just crazy to me. I come from the most swamp, one of the most swamp ass areas of the United States, and like, I just can't imagine. Even if it was warm, like, yeah, I just, I didn't say anything. Anyway, it was 93 today, just naturally, but it was also humid yeah. as fuck. So it was like we were Gross. swimming. Yeah, Gross. you just stood outside and you just felt Ew. the wave. Oh, it just came up. So yeah, gross. it was. Yeah, no, I don't recommend it. This is why Congress is out of session this time of year. That all makes sense now. It's a conspiracy theory. Yeah, they don't want to be here. I, I mean, I mean, I live here, but yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the way it is. Um, with us tonight, special guest, let us different. Let us. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Glad, happy to be here. Thanks for uh, inviting me on your uh, podcast. Now, no problem, dude. Now let us you you are our first guest from Australia. I don't know if you knew that. You're like a new continental first on this show. Wow, I'm honored. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. As long as you don't get me to do like uh, impressions, you know. Oh no, 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 no. not not even once. Not even once. Um, I know. I know you're in a different different hemisphere. How is the weather down there? It's uh, it's a bit cold. I live on the west coast of Australia, um, mm -hmm. around Perth, um, and also I'm down south, so it's even colder. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm just rugged up in. Uh, I'm on holidays at the moment, vacation as you Americans call it. So yeah, just sitting in the spare bedroom with uh, my amateur setup and. Um, yeah, it's not too bad now. It's uh, starting to warm up a bit, but yeah, pretty good. I can dig it. Pretty good. That's awesome. It's we have pretty good weather down here. We've got sort of like a Mediterranean climate. Um, it doesn't really ever like it never snows. Um, mm. I had to like leave the country to see snow, basically. Mm. Oh, that's so crazy! I keep okay. forgetting like that. Like for us, at least in I'm in like Washington, so. Washington that, State. Okay, yeah. I'm in Washington, Washington D.C. Before we're we both get in, we're, the, we're, we're, we're both we're in opposite Washington. ends of the country. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like with 
with that, like, there's, I mean, there's snow, like, in the winter, but it's, like, it really depends. Like, sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't. But, like, especially in the mountains and the Cascades, there's definitely a lot of snow. So people go, like, snowboarding and skiing and climbing and all yeah. that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. That's one thing I think you've definitely, like, I've heard um, some friends from America that sort of said, like, like, you can go to the beach in the morning and then you can go snowboarding in the afternoon, like, you know, if you want to, that there's that sort of variation in climate. Whereas here, it's like Australia is such a, it's like a big flat plain, basically. So, and very old as well. It's a very ancient continent. Um, we have very little tectonic activity. Um, so, and the weather sort of reflects that. It sort of just gets hot in places, but near the coast, there's not too much of a variation. Um, Although if you go to Sydney, they've got the Blue Mountains, so it does snow up there. That's probably one of the only places that you actually get snow in Australia. That's crazy. You go there. Yeah. I guess because, like, I don't know, I just... Australia's crazy. You should come visit sometime. Sounds crazy, though. If you haven't, like, uh... Yeah. The only place, like, out of the country I've ever been is Canada. And that was, really? like, many, many... Yeah, that was a couple years ago. Or not a couple. Several. Many. Several many younger. years ago. I don't know. I can't. I was just like, I was like, oh, it wasn't that long ago. And then I blink. And then I'm like, wait, I'm out of college. I went, I went on that. It was, I went on a cruise ship with my family. And that was when I was in middle school. No, it can't be that. Oh, God. It really was that long ago. I guess it was that long ago. Um, a while ago. And, um, we went all, it went from, Seattle all the way to Alaska, and then on, on the way back, it stopped at, in Canada. So, oh, okay, that's so the only got, time I've ever gone out of the country. You gotta do, you gotta do some I travel. Know. It's it's the spice of life. I got it. I got it. And I'll say, I'll say, I'll say this. Uh, one one thing about North America is 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 a lot of a lot of the uh, the export image we like to give is it's very homogenous. It's not. Travel to the to the <laughs> different parts of of America. That's a great start, and just go out from there. Because no, the, the the West Coast where you're from, even the Northwest Coast, is it's going to be completely different. Just going south, and then as you go east, like it's 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 going to be a, a whole lot of experiences that are that are totally worthwhile, hundred um, percent. And the rest of the world, same way. Like just it, it's worth your while to explore as much as you can. Definitely, mm. definitely. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Even here in Australia, it's like I've had tourists that have come over and they've been to more parts of Australia than I've been. I've lived here my whole life. It's like you can really take for granted where you live sometimes, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, America is a big country and you've got a lot of different places, different climates, different cultures, you know, different people. I'd love to go over there and explore. If we ever got the chance, you know. Yeah, if if you ever come to uh to the capital here in in DC, uh, you know, not not to pimp my home my hometown too much, uh, just because I live <laughs> here, but it it's actually the most you know surprisingly the the most diverse area in the country. One in three people are not from the United States here. We have some of the best food scenes you'll see in the United States, and it's not to say it's like number one in any category. I know New York is very strong, and other cities are like poo-poo on dc say raw steaks and what have you but 
I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. There's a there's a there's a lot of great stuff here. Uh, if you come here for reasons other than visiting like the the political sites, um. So yeah, just putting that out there. But our climate, we so like most most weather travels uh west to east, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, do the rotation of the earth. So we we get some of that if it makes it over the various mountains and and what have you. If it's a strong enough systems, we also get hit from the north and the south by two jet streams of weather. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, so we can get hit by a hurricane from the north and the south. We've potentially been hit by tornadoes before that made it over the mountains. Um, See, that's one thing that we don't have here in Australia. We don't have tornadoes. We don't have hurricanes. Um, Really, even though that's it's so pretty flat? scary. Really? No, no we, are, we so we have cyclones up north, is what we call hurricanes. Yeah, like where I live, it never gets as it never gets as sort of south as where I live. Like, I think once um, the north of Australia sort of gets all the tropical cyclones, um, mm-hmm. and there's a town up north, Darwin. I think they've been hit a couple of times, but. But generally speaking, if you live in the major cities, um, you don't really get any like natural disasters. It's pretty, pretty boring. I shouldn't say That's, that. I reckon really shouldn't say that because it's I'm, it'd be I'm terrible just, to get a natural disaster. But yeah, I'm I'm really That's surprised. Crazy, this, like, yeah, I'm sorry, Lizzie. Because like here where I live, we um, Washington Pacific Northwest is a part of something that is dubbed the Ring of Fire, which is where <laughs> earthquakes. It's because that's where yeah. like, the tectonic plates tend to like bunch up and stuff. Yeah, so, wow. Yeah, no, true. Because you're in, is it, are you in San Francisco? No, San North. Francisco. That's, that's, that's California. Yeah, she's oh, Seattle. 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 Seattle, Seattle. sorry. No, so okay. I knew it started with an S. <laughs> but, you're close. Um, you're close. Oh, dude. Yeah, like, very we, close. I, I, do not ex- I, I do not expect you to know any of our states. Okay. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. Uh, pop, we're gonna have a pop quiz later on. <laughs> yeah. Name, name. We've only got six states, so after there, uh, there you go. Close enough. But um, yeah, because like with with Seattle, we have um, the only things we really have, like bungee? natural disaster. Why? Yeah, we've bungee. But I've visited <laughs> bungee before. I've seen things. I decided an NDA. It was fun. Oh wow. Yeah, no, this that was this was, cool. this was she can't she can't talk about what it was for. I can talk about what the NDA was for. It was for no, like, you can't, it's song. an NDA. That's the whole point. I'm I'm wow. being I'm yeah, being the, silly. Yeah, I'm, I'm being silly. No, no, nope, nope, Bungie's knocking out my door. Bungie police. Bungie police are there. <laughs> the bungee police is gonna come <laughs> yeah. arrest me. But no, Just like no, pouring um, through all your hive runes, like what did she learn? What did she learn? Everything. <laughs> no, but um yeah. No, um with Bungie, I gotta remember, I think it was it was before was it Beyond Light? I don't know. It was before No, it was Shadow Keep. It was with Sha- I think. I don't remember. Time hurt my little brain, so I don't know what when it I did it. I can go back and look through my pictures. But um Bungie is really cool. They have a, a life-size Elixni statue. That I can talk about. That's no in way. That's in their main lobby. I can talk about that. Yeah, talk talk about that. You're like, talk about that. Yeah, no, it, 
Yeah, it's it's you know the the cutscene yep. from what D1? kind of elix- elixir? It's, is it, it's like it, a vandal it, captain. Captain, captain. It's a big boy. It's a wow. and it's like it's big. It's like I'm like oh, like you don't really get that sense of scale when you're playing Destiny. You're just like oh, you know, you're a person and you know you're with a control. You you the player have a controller in your hand and you're just you know just kind of playing the game, but like. Actually, seeing like a life-size elixir like statue on like a little stand, it's like, oh, geez, that's a big boy <laughs> or girl, big, big, yeah. big elixir. Yeah, kind of scary, I guess. I went to Leviathan. I used to do like emotes near um the uh, uh what they're called the loyalists that used to stand out on the platform, and you just sort of see that they're like a full like meter and a half taller than you they're big if you oh, came yeah. up against one of those in real life that that would be scary <laughs> but yeah. I, for some Just reason in the game it doesn't really translate mm. as really tall it more just translates as really <laughs> fat but i think i think it was funny when Kaidal came along and you know she just zavala is like a little man you know little man and yeah yeah little i mean man. but i love that play between like you know the sort of the the admiration that they both sort of have for each other in the proving ground strike yeah it's funny yeah right i thought it was it's it's been pretty cool actually to sort of see the interaction with other um particularly in destiny 2 because in destiny 1 you didn't really have you know i mean they most they would do a sort of and just growl and stuff whereas like now we're having full-on conversations with you know, the other races, you know, with the, the Cabal and the Elixney. Um, it's pretty cool. I, I like that direction that they're sort of heading in. Yeah, no, definitely. I also like that we have the Hive somehow speaking English. I think it's like, do, do we have like a universal translator or something? I maybe think it going- is. I have a theory. I have a theory. This is spin foil theory, so maybe I can put this out you there. Okay. okay. You may. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> but, um, so you know how... Um, Varric's sort of everyone knows how he talks, you know. Respect your warden, yes. And then yeah. you get people like uh the the Baron, um not the Baron, sorry, uh Spider well, yeah, Spider Baron, um the spider. And he sort of sounds like a a mobster, but he speaks like perfect English, and then you've got Mi- Mithrax now who Mithrax, who also speaks perfect English. I have a theory that Varix is actually the really good speaker and he doesn't need a vocoder. I reckon that's closer to how the Lixany actually sound when they speak. But all the other ones are just putting on like a vocoder and that's why they have the perfect English. That makes sense. I could see that. I could see that. Can I, can also, I share? To be fair, oh, sorry. To be fair um, Spider is like obsessed with human culture. So I could see him mm, as he actually is. like. Like maybe taking the time and like pulling out a dictionary. So can I can I offer can <laughs> I wearing, offer something? Like, little glasses and reading a dictionary, being like, ah, yes, yeah, so this word right here. I can, just, can I can I offer I something to you too? Go for the it. spider is if the kingpin were bitten by the radioactive spider instead of Peter Parker. <laughs> oh my god, that's yeah, funny. Uh, that's- I can that, see I can that. See that. I could definitely see that. That's funny. I don't know why that's. So- I can just. I'm just. Just-, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But 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 
since I was able to defuse you guys with my stupid comment, I'm going to take this opportunity here at about 15 minutes in to bring us into the topic of tonight. Hey, Lettuce. Hey. Why don't you start us down this rabbit hole? All right. Well, I can probably introduce what I, who I am. Um, first, it might give your listeners some context. But, um, yeah, I've sort of become the, the scientist. I was going to say Ashamir for some reason. But I do have that as my uh, PFP. Um, but, yeah, I've just sort of started looking into the the law of destiny and just sort of trying to use real-world science, you know, quantum physics in order to work, work out, you know, about mostly like the elements um, the darkness, um, how the weapons work. And yeah, so I think the first thing that really broke me into that was, um, when stasis came around, I had a theory about, um, what those crystals were. Cause everyone, as you recall, was saying that it's just ice. Um, and essentially what I said was I sort of just, looked into thermodynamics and I was like, these things are actually perfect crystals. And, uh, that kind of just took off. Yeah. I've actually like, this is kind of, I don't know this is kind of cringy, but I actually like, I've read like all of your, your Reddit posts and I think I follow you on Reddit or something to that effect. <laughs> cause I'm like, cause whenever I see you post on the destiny lore, so I'm like, oh, it's a good one. Here we go. Let's <laughs> learn some physics. Yeah, Lucy, Lucy definitely yeah. put me on to you as well. Because I would it's always actually, see your post. See it's your post. crazy. Because yeah. I never expected that people would be as receptive to science as they have been. But, um, yeah, because I think I did, I think I did a post sort of very early on about the void and sort of what it was. And um, I think I must have just posted it at the wrong time and didn't really get that much attention. I thought it was because of the science. I thought, oh, I've gone too deep into the science. But no, I'm realizing now people are like, actually, it's, it's really interesting when, because I think uh, I grew up with like a lot of science fiction. My dad was a big trackie. Um, and so... I used to love, like, I would, when I watch science fiction, I always kind of think, I don't see it as just fantasy. I kind of see it as, like, you know, like the teleporter. You know, I sort of see, would see that as, you know, how are they able to transport, you know, Captain Kirk down to the planet? And then that's sort of what got me into quantum mechanics and the idea of quantum entanglement. Um, you've got things like Heisenberg's uncertainty principle, which states that no particle, um, it's impossible to know both the spin and the direction, which means that if you, uh, if you get like, say, a cargo container, then that might be easy to transport. But then how do you transport, say, consciousness? How do you send, you know, like, if you sent Captain Kirk down to the planet, what's, what's to say that he's not going to be just a, a bag of meat? when he comes on the, uh, on the other side. And, um, and Destiny's definitely, I think, you know, especially you've got with the exos and mind transfer, um, I think they've dabbled on a lot of those themes. And um, 
It's definitely not. If you look into the law, some people sort of just say, oh, it's just space magic. You know, I get that a lot. But, like, if you really go into the law, they're not – these scientific principles, a lot of the ones I talk about, I'm not just – most of them I'm not just making up. They're, they're spoken about in the law. You know, they, they go pretty – I mean, the Clovis Bray um, journals that – the mysterious logbook that came out that was um, that was packed full of um, like really complex scientific principles, and so that's sort of what I try to do. I sort of try and take those really complicated scientific concepts and make them accessible, and so people you know who you know not that I have a, a uh, you know a Quant- a degree in quantum physics, but I try to make it for people who are sort of laymen to be able to understand it. And, um, yeah, that's sort of what I've been doing for the past um, year and a half, I guess, or a year or so. So, yeah, it's been pretty pretty interesting, pretty fun. I enjoy it. Awesome. And, and, and sorry, sorry for failing to introduce you. I, I, I'd gotten so comfortable in the pre-show. And in the build-up, <laughs> that I felt like everybody knew you already, like I did. So sorry about that. My my failure as a host there. Um, but yeah, that's that's so interesting. Um, that that you say that you're trying to make things accessible. It's I think that's a lot of where Lucy and I come from too when it comes to exploring different uh, areas of uh, Destiny lore. Um, you know, we both come at it from different angles, but it's it's mostly like, you know, this is this is this is a created narrative. There are rules that goes into this that they're following. And mm. in many times it's rooted in science or it's rooted in the rules that they establish through the narrative when it comes to things like space magic that maybe exist outside of science. But yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. Like to to Bungie's credit, I th- I think they root as much as they can in there. So that's that's yeah, you're definitely definitely with some kindred spirits here. Yeah, I think that's another thing that t- to Bungie's credit, I found was when I started looking into a lot of this sort of scientific background, everything was just so logically sound. Like you know, I've played like I mean another game that I've played, Warframe. Um, you play Warframe? Oh, I, that's I cool. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I play Warframe. Are you in Lucy Warframe Twins? Very, uh, Did we just yeah. become best friends? No, I play Warframe we, we a play lot. Elite, we play Elite Dangerous as well. I feel like we play Warframe. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We're no best friends. No, yeah, although you had the Hive runes over me, so that's, uh, oh, I was saying I the guess. pre-show. That's, Friendship that's, is um, not a contest, you guys. I'll be, I'll be... <laughs> I'll be the manic pixie dream friend. It's not a contest. You guys are just great. And you're fine. We're just homies. It's yeah. great. Everything's great. But yeah, um, I was just going to say with Warframe, um, I feel like there's certain things Warframe can get away with that Destiny card. Because I mean, Warframe, you sort of look at the abilities and, and they seem to be largely based on, you know, what do we want? We want a theme. Um, swords. Okay, let's just make a Warframe that's all about swords. Or, you know, um, we want a water. I think the recent one. Um, yeah, she's all water. Yeah. And it's funny because sometimes I see, I see it's, um, on Destiny Lore, I see some really interesting um, 
theories and about sort of what next subclass is going to be if we do get one. And, um, and I've seen some that are sort of very almost elemental, like, oh, you know, we, we're going to get like, like, you know, rock powers. Um, but I, I do feel like Bungie have, in the law, have been almost setting up a, a framework. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be perfectly scientifically accurate. But I do think they do have a, you know, like you take something like, you know, like Void, you know, there, there are rules around it, you know. Um, you take something like Space Magic, and again, it's not just, it's not just, um, there's rules to it. It's not just unlimited, you know, you get your super back every now and then, but you can't do, every, you can't do everything. You can't just, for instance, click your fingers and erase the pyramids. You know, that's not a thing that's going to happen with Space Magic. So that's sort of where I think Bungie, um, not that I think they're limiting themselves, but I think that that makes the universe quite, quite rich, in a, in a way that I, that intrigues me because I, you know, I work in, in um, software engineering. So I'm, that's sort of my background. Um, so even though I really love science, my, my skill, I guess, is in looking at systems and how they work and how they tie in together. And so that's kind of just what I did to Destiny. I basically took what I do for, for a living, you know, and then I just applied that to, to, the, to the game. I just sort of had a look, what's, this, what's the framework that they're using? And um, just sort of tried to find all these disparate law pieces, link them together. Um, and every now and then you come across, you know, a really juicy bit of law that I've skipped over and it will just... And it will just say in plain, like, you know, it's using, um, like, the Clovis Bray was an example. You know, it talked about time reversal symmetry and the Loschmidt paradox. Um, and that was actually one of the things that I hadn't read until after I posted the Perfect Crystals post. Um, and that kind of confirmed almost that scientifically that is what was happening, you know, because it mentions that there's a reduction of entry. I won't go into it uh, too much, but because um, it is pretty deep science. Um, no, dude, but yeah, you can that's totally sort of... go into it. <laughs> you can totally... Uh, I just want to say, you're, you're, with, you're with total kindred spirits here. Uh, the, the application of of science to... So, sorry to interrupt, but the, the application to of, uh, of science to, to the story. Like, please go on. <laughs> do tell. I'm sitting well, here what do you want to know? What, what do you want to know? Ooh. All right, all right. I mean... Taylor, you go first. So, so one one that always got that always got me, and maybe maybe this is a, a bit of a simpler one. When uh, a garden is being rezzed or a ghost is uh, is 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 sort of like manifesting something, where is that coming from? Is 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 it pulling from the area around it? Is it pulling from like a fictitious universe or like a tangential universe? Uh, cause I, I feel like that falls in line with like how, how the traveler replaces planets, right? Because, uh, that goes back to D1 where they say like Venus, no, this isn't our Venus. This is like Venus pulled from another universe. Yeah. Another yeah. Timeline. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It's interesting. Yes. You raise that because there is actually a law, uh, entry that actually, um, I, I think it'd be probably worth looking this up, but it's, it's a very first armor that you get, I think it's like the field weave armor, but it does actually say mm, yes, that the, the ghost, 
pulls together a simple armor set out of the surrounding material and kind of um, materialize it. Um, I'm guessing it's the same sort of technology as how your transmat works, um, which is essentially sort of de disintegrating your body, but then sort of taking a snapshot of it and then sending that snapshot as a signal and then reintegrating it at wherever the source is. And, um, and again, the thing I was saying earlier, to, in order to be able to do that, you have to sort of quantum entangle every particle to the particles that you're sending. Um, so, and, and I don't know if you know about quantum entanglement, but you can essentially get two, you know, you could get two electrons and you could entangle them to each other. And then um, you could move that electron to like the other side of the galaxy. And then you could change that electron and it will basically change the other electron, you know, like you might change the spin of that electron and the other electron will actually change um, in the same, same way. So you can actually, um, this is a real, I think Einstein called it spooky action at a distance. Um, but it's a really cool concept and it's used a lot in science fiction. Um, uh, things like, subs like in, I think in Star Trek, they have subspace um, communication, so they're in going in light light speed, and they're still able to talk um, to people, even though they're going faster than the speed of light. And the the explanation for that was that they're using quantum. In, they've got quantum computers that are entangled to each other. So you put one, um, you know, let's say Lady Lucida had one computer, and I had one computer, and we entangled the two. And then I didn't matter where I went in the galaxy. Um, though we could communicate, it didn't matter how fast I was going in the middle about uh, rel uh, the relativistic effects of, of going um, faster than the speed of light, we'd still be able to, um, to com communicate because of this, this deep quantum um, reality. So that's pretty cool. Can I, can, I offer, awesome. can I offer an overly simplistic literary sort of an out, like, like corollary? Yeah, yeah. You know, like in uh, in novels like uh, The Man in the Iron Mask or or a few other uh, Dumont novels, um, when the one twin is hurt, the other one feels it. Yep, yep. But Basically, the same thing. That, that's what it reminds <laughs> me of. Like, and that's an oversimplification. I'm not saying that's like a one to one comparison to the great explanation you but have said for the other simpletons like me, though. You guys. It's like when the one hint twin gets hurt and the other one feels it. There we yeah, go. That's, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm already thinking of doing a post and that's going to be the basis of it. You know, it's going to be I love the, it. The, the, the hurt twin uh, connection theory sponsored yeah. by Taylor B. Sponsored by but, Taylor um, I appreciate it. But it's, it's, it's interesting. I'm glad you actually brought that up because that's one of the things that I sort of try and do in my, um, in my posts is come up with a simple analogy. And that's actually how I tend to think, because when I get a complex subject, one of the ways that I'm able to sort of process that information in my mind is by, um, uh, what's the word, associating it with like r something real world. That's why in my void post, um, I use the concept of the ocean and water in, and, the interesting thing about the ocean is 
it's a big flat field, energy field, basically. And it's not too dissimilar to the fabric of space-time. And a lot of the same fluid mechanics that, that apply to water apply as well to the fabric of the space. That's why you look at the void and you've got the, the symbol that is a vortex. And that's essentially what yeah. you're doing with the void. You're basically creating a, a void in the energy, um, the, basically creating an energy gradient in space. And then what happens is you end up with almost like a pressure differential. So the, the, the energy from space basically rushes in to fill that void, that potential energy, and we capture that potential energy. And we've actually done experiments. There's an experiment called the Casimir effect. And the void is basically that, but on a much larger scale, because it turns out that when it comes to destiny physics, all you have to really do, this is the, the formula, you just have to take... Um, real-world science that we've got, and then remove the limitations of energy because you ha- that's basically what the Traveller's given us. It's given us a paracausal energy um, source. So we can, we can basically draw energy from a, from a place that is beyond the causal limitations of our universe. And once, when you can do that, the limitations, um, the, the possibilities, rather, are, are endless, and that's... Um, yeah, and it explains a lot of the, the concepts, a lot of concepts I talk about. I'm always sort of trying to, um, there's always that caveat that, hey, th- these things are based in science, but most of them are theoretical. You know, a, a lot of them happen at very, very large scale. You know, we're talking black holes and, and neutron stars, places where there's a lot of energy. Essentially, we're taking those same processes and we're just, doing that at a localized scale because we have the ability to get the energy needed to do that. That sort of makes sense. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. That's really cool. I never thought of it like that. So would, would, really you, cool. would you say in, in the guardians case that the traveler is the uh, sort of catalyst or impetus of this influx of, uh, of energy that the sort of like, I guess, I guess in game they already identify it as paracausal, don't they? Mm. Well, yeah, I sort of see, again, um, just pause me if I, you know, go too, too over everyone's head here, but... No, please I do. I kind of see... Please do. <laughs> so, the thing with, with Destiny, and there, there is a... I sort of almost see it as there's a, there's a scientific side, and then there's also this almost um, like a, almost a, a religious side. I guess there's there's a lot of mythology and um, and esotericism um, in some of the concepts, and I feel like Destiny is almost like a a blending of the two. So, um, and there's a law tab that that even sort of says that. I think it's the uh, Raiden flux. It sort of said it's a merging of, of science and belief, um, you know, because you're basically channeling the energy from your soul. And I think that's to, you know, Bungie and Destiny's testament. That's what makes the law so interesting because they're not just bombarding you with techno babble. They're taking these complex technological concepts, but then they're wrapping it in prose. Oh, um, yeah, so the unveiling is a great, I mean, if you, I think T equals zero, if you read that, uh, like if you read it and you don't have any knowledge, um, you just read it as 
like the the gutter and the winner. You read it as almost like a like, like a creation myth. But then, if you read it as a string theorist, not that I am, but I do know string theory, you start getting across things like the dilaton field, which is essentially um, it's like a fifth dimensional field from where um, uh, that links gravity and electromagnetism. So you know, and they're talking about the the perturbations in um, in the field. So that's again that sort of a quantum physics because because essentially um, all particles you know are considered to be pertur- perturbations of of a quantum field. So for instance, if you've got the electrodynamic field, um, imagine like a trampoline. That's how I imagine it. If if you if you have a trampoline and you're jumping on it, it starts wiggling and you start getting this wave. And if you imagine if you jump on it enough, it might start forming certain patterns. And as those waves start coalescing, you might be able to sort of form structures. And that's all matter actually is. Like um, I think in my void post, I, I actually used the example of, um, of the vortex, like a stable vortex. In the, vo- the vortex, you can't actually remove that from the ocean. But it is a physical thing. You look at it and you can see a shape. And that's basically the same thing with matter. You're basically getting energy that sort of coalesces and forms these structures that, and then at our level, above the quantum level, we see that as matter. We can touch it. We don't, we don't realize that when we're touching something, it's, you know, it's, there's obviously electrostatic forces that are stopping your, your fingers from going straight through whatever the object is. But um, that's, that's, that's sort of what Einstein was saying. Everything is energy, you know, everything around us. And that's, um, yeah, I, you know, I think I've lost where I was going with this. But back to, I do remember, you were talking about the traveller. <laughs> um, I see the traveller as almost like a extra-dimensional light bulb. Extra-dimensional light bulb. That's what I'm going with. So I love it. A proverbial We know that bulb. that... Yeah, yeah. We know that um, a lot of people sort of, and I, I actually went down this, this road of thinking, I, I think I was wrong, um, was that the light only comes from the traveller. When we read the law, the light is actually in everything. I mean, that's what the speaker said, the light lives in all places. You even have light in your, in your metaphysical soul, and that's what sort of, that's why Dredge and Yor, when before he, kills that person with thorn. He says, you know, you, you know, you, all you have is that um, a spark of light for your soul, but, you know, a spark is, is um, I forget the exact quote, but essentially it, it's, I suppose what Destiny was trying to go is that everyone's sort of got this part within them that sort of transcends, you know, that, you know, that light is in everything. Um, but paracausal, um, paracausal light comes from the traveller. So if you look at certain, um, like look at the Elixir, I don't know if you've been reading the latest law, but they've got that gauntlet. And they're, they're actually able to use the light, like and wield it in some pretty interesting ways. But you sort of read, um, there's a few law entries that sort of explain how they do that. And they basically have to charge it up using the residual light that's in the environment. Whereas we don't have to do that. We, 
Um, so it's kind of like our ghost almost acts like a Wi-Fi receiver, basically. You know, we're, we're just, we've got a real strong connection, whereas you know, the, the Elixir with their gauntlets, they're sort of having to put it, you know, they've got bad reception, they're sort of having to put it up. And, um, and then you've got Gaul, who was like, I'm going to go to the, to the cell phone tower and I'm just going to put a big cage over it and put a little tiny trapdoor and just get everything that comes through. I feel like Gaul, I feel like Gaul went like straight oh, Ethernet. Funny. He went he went straight like Cat Six. Cat cat paracausal connection. Just, like, just let me get Ethernet it. Ethernet cord <laughs> yeah. from the cell from the Wi Fi tower uh-huh. to his house. Uh-huh. Yes. Yep. He um, just bypassed everything. Yeah. Well that's but that, it, that's a really good analogy, actually, for like how the light works. I never really thought of it that way. Yeah, and um, I think, yeah, I sort of, you know, a lot, there's a lot of questions on Destiny Law that sort of ask, you know, is, the, like, are we the only ones that can sort of wield the light or is it, you know, are our weapons, like, do you have to be a guardian to, to use um, Arc Void and Solar Weapons? Um, and the answer is you don't have to be a guardian. All those weapons, like, you know, the Void Weapon... Um, the arc weapon, they are all using the light. And I, th- I think my understanding is I think once the traveler came along um, that they were able to sort of understand um, the light or, or, or energy at a, a more fundamental level. And I, I believe that the light is almost like, the theory of everything, if that makes sense. It's, it's what links all energy together. And it had been under our noses the whole time, but it, it came well, to when the traveler came. Yet, yeah, go, go on. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Would you no, say no, that's it's, right. it's, it's as, it's as, uh, as blue of a focus fire chat would call like the anima, that like animating sort of force? I think that's a pretty good, um, I think that's a pretty good analogy. Um, there is definitely, I think, because, yeah, there is that concept, I suppose, of, like, the soul. And, um, and I, I, thought, I did a post um, last year called The Light is Not the Fundamental Forces. I don't know if you've had a chance to read that one. But um, essentially, um, I... There's a there's a law tab that sort of says um I might bring it up just so I can I can read it. Um, Do it. Do it, guest. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, while you're doing that, I'm gonna pose I'm gonna pose something else to. Yeah. Just to sort of fill airtime here. Um, one thing that has always struck me about like the pulling from different timelines as is theorized as to how the traveler does things and as to how uh certain other enemy forces kind of kind of do things or, or minions of the darkness rather kind of do things yep i've always been a proponent and i wonder if you would agree with this just because multiple timelines exist that doesn't mean the entire story of this game i.e the destiny universe isn't tied to one timeline now i say that in full in full acknowledgement that the the narrators and the authors have given 
timeline what I'm going to call like personhood to other instances thereof, like i.e. Vex simulations? Yeah, so that's a good point. Um, you know, I might actually, I might actually talk about that because um, so obviously you, you have the, a lot of the quantum level physics which is what I talk about in quantum field theory. But then beyond that, you have string theory. And string theory starts to get into extra dimensions. Um, and it, when you read T equals zero in the unveiling, um, my internet is being screwy right now, but it it's okay. You're allowed be good to if... clear for us. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, I'm trying to. I'm trying to pull up the um, here we go. I got Ishtar. Up. I'm just going to read that um, that particular yeah. line. Yeah, no worries. Because it'll it. make sense. So, so second paragraph it says, uh, "In the wet pop of grapes and the smear of berries, in the perturbation of the field that was the garden before the first tick of time, the first point of space, were the detonations that made the universes." Each universe was pregnant with its own inflationary volumes and braided with ever-ramifying timelines, each volume cooling and separating into the domains of postometric physics, all of which were incarnations of that great and all-dictating bipartite, bipartite law that states only exist lest you fail to exist. So right there, the key word there is you can see that um, in the origin myth and I, I i'm aware that this comes from the winnower from the from the darkness so it's both it's technically an unreliable narrator but if we can take this as as a fact it means that you not only have multiple timelines but you also have multiple universes and then within those universes you have those braided sort of timelines so i sort of see when i think about paracausality the way I almost think about it is, have you ever used, you've used Photoshop, right? And you can create layers. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, th I think of paracausality as like, almost like um, uh, layers of, um, so for instance, if, if you, let's say you had a picture of, of a lamp um, and you overlaid on, on that a, you, it maybe it had transparency to it, and then you overlay another layer over that. The lamp is going to get brighter, and then you overlay another layer in that, another layer in that. It'll get brighter and brighter and brighter until it's like maximum luminosity. And that's sort of how I see the um, how paracausality works is that we're actually we're not nothing is free. We're not necessarily borrowing. Um, it's not necessarily coming from nothing. But the whole idea of paracausality is that it comes from. It's a has a cause, but that cause is beyond our frame of reference. So there's no way our science can, um, can really, uh, there's no science in our universe that can really work out that, where that cause came from. That's what makes it paracausal. We just, within our frame of reference, we sort of just see it as that just happened. It's magic. Um, so so, so 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 question question with that 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 sounds almost heliocentric, right? It becomes from a sphere beyond our own. 
and we can't understand it because the physics are stiff work different in that sphere. But yeah, it can affect so, ours. Yeah, so and so essentially, what the way I see it is that it's not necessarily parallel dimensions, but hi, we're talking higher dimensions. So we have um, the, what we live in. We live in three three dimensions of space: length, width, height, and one dimension of time. So we move through four dimensional space. There's if you read the. Uh, I think it's the Yan Loftus, the K1 journals. Um, they actually talk about the uh, the signal that they're receiving from the um, the anomaly that they, which is basically a black black darkness sphere, and they say that it's communicating on what's called a calibre your manifold in six space, so in six dimensional space across all points of our four dimensional. Um, time and space. So essentially what it means is that um, the way I try and explain high dimensional um, physics is a really good analogy of that is actually video games. Like when you play a video game, you have your character, right? But you have three different characters and they're all got their own timeline. They've got milestones that they're doing. But when you're talking about, um, like, say, your warlock or your hunter or your, or, your, um, or your titan, if you're like me, they are almost like their own, they're an avatar of you. But then you're, you as the player are sort of on a higher dimension to the video game world. Um, and an analogy I used in one of my posts was the concept of a self-aware NPC <laughs> Um, so basically what I said was just imagine you have an NPC within the tower and it suddenly becomes aware, um, you know, it becomes sentient, but its experience is basically limited to like, you know, imagine, imagine playing, uh, like having a VR headset on, but you couldn't take the VR headset off. And you could only move around the world. That's essentially what this, this, that's this NPC's whole universe. The only, and the only thing it can do is look around and try and work out its universe by looking at things and measuring things. So, you know, let's say there's all of a sudden it's just standing there, it's become sentient. So, what, who am I? Where am I? And all of a sudden, a purple ball just flies across its face. And it's like, what? Where did that come from? It tries to look, it sees an effect, the ball is flying. And it tries to look for a cause. It looks over and it sees, oh, um, it's Aerospawn playing soccer. And it's just, so that's the cause. But then the NPC looks over and the purple ball suddenly turns green. And the NPC's like, what? Goes over to that ball and looks at it and doesn't see any particular cause. And uh, let's say it changes again, changes to red. And so the NPC thinks, okay, you know what? I'm going to be clever. I'm going to put all my scientific instruments using, you know, what I've got within my world and try and analyze it and see why it's, why it's changing color. And it does this and it can't work it out. It's, and it concludes it's, it's a cause. We had no cause. It's, it's magic. What they don't know is that 
Bungie has done an update to change the color. You as the player know that because you are paracor- you're essentially at a higher dimension. But to the NPC, because the NPC doesn't have the ability to, um, to be beyond their causal frame of reference, they have no way, absolutely zero way of knowing what that causes. And that essentially is how we should understand paracausality. And once you understand that, it, it makes a lot of things suddenly make sense. Like, for instance, the ahamkara, um, you know, and the ability to sort of transcend reality. And um, it also explains things like the hive, why they're able to do things like hide their death. Um, so uh, That makes a lot more sense. Mm. Yeah, really so I mean, you think... I was just going to say, um, no, I'll let you speak, but um, if you look at, like, you know, when you die in, in a video game, you're not really dead. You know, you can still revive your character, um, but because you technically still exist. And so that's sort of what, when we're talking about life and death in Destiny terms, you, you have that the soul, I suppose, is what's, um, I kind of almost see that as like, it's like your database entry. It's like part of you still, everything about you still exists paracausal to, that's why you can always really be brought back. But, you know, in order to, to kill something in the Destiny universe, you actually have to, um, or something paracausal, you actually have to um, kill them almost paracausally. That's why weapons like Thorn, which were technically paracausal weapons, were able to be so devastating. They were actually able to even kill guardians. Um, so does that sort of make sense? Yeah, no, I think that makes that makes perfect sense, dude. That's really... I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but, like, <laughs> what you said made a lot of, like, I guess, kind of, in my mind, I was just like, oh, it's just, you know, space magic. It's just hand-wavy, whatever. Yeah. Space magic make a lot more sense, I think. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, and that. I... That's off, Guardians. That's it for this week's discussion. Have any questions or comments about this episode? You can reach out to us on Twitter, at SpinFoilTheory, or write us an email at SpinFoilTheory at gmail.com. If you'd like to read our show notes, check out articles, listen to past episodes, and more, be sure to pay us a visit over at our website, SpinFoilTheory.com. Topic of tonight is basically uh, uh, sort of not really, not really. It's a more of a it's, what am I here for again? It's though? a theory. It's a theory. Our guest lettuce has brought to us, so I'm actually going to hand it over to him. Uh, lettuce, tell us about your theory. Which theory is this? <laughs> um, good question. Uh, I, so I many of them. Pick whichever one's your favorite. I don't care. Whichever one. Wow. Which, okay. Um, I, thought, I, mean, I, thought I, lot, I thought I thought he had a specific. 
I don't know. I've got I've got a lot, but I can start. I can oh, talk about oh, oh my God. God! I'm so I, sorry. Okay, okay, let me let me let me back up. Let me back up. <laughs> I thought yeah, you let had. Let me, I thought you were coming. I I well yeah. This is on me. Let me let me let me back up. That was my bad miscommunication on my part. <laughs> I told Ledis that this was going to be more of a rabbit hole where we to talk about like the science of destiny. Oh, like, oh, oh, so we're on a rabbit hole. Yes. There is no Boom. theory, Taylor. All right, all right, all right. Fuck this thing. <laughs> cut, that. We'll cut, just... cut in post. Cut here. Taylor B's making notes. 